0: Hey everyone,
1: welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm It is uh, September 11th, 2014 Hard to put any emphasis on the date September 11th Um, As Brasco noted, just going to air, it's the 13th anniversary of the September 11th attacks on uh, New York City and Washington DC and uh, yeah, it's hard to let the day go by without Thinking of that beautiful blue sky in New York City and uh, how our lives were ruptured in those uh, terrible, terrible instances, in those terrible moments. Um, It's been 13 years and we are still terrified still willing to put up with uh, surveillance and shredding the Constitution along the way. Um, I don't wish to denigrate any memorial to people who lost their lives on September 11th, 2001. Um, It was easily the worst day of my life, and I suspect many other people. But you know, it's 13 years later, and you can have an intelligent conversation with somebody who was born after September 11th, 2001, and they have no idea what life was like before. They accept surveillance as the normal state of things, they accept more government repression, they accept what we have to go through at the TSA to get on an airplane. And the whole concept of a Department of Homeland Security as a norm. And uh, about 5,000 people in total died on September 11th. People in an airplane over Pennsylvania. People in the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. And thousands and thousands of people in the Twin Towers in New York City and buildings around the Twin Towers people from the New York City Fire Department, police services, people from the American Armed Forces, and brave civilians on a flight over Pennsylvania. Their deaths should never be forgotten, but nor should the promise of a better time that we believed in on September 10th, 2001. Things were great. We had a truly free society. And many of the measures that have so changed society were supposed to be temporary. The initial Patriot Act was supposed to be rescinded after five years, but it gets rubber-stamped every year thereafter. For renewal. And uh, I don't want to pass this date without remembering the bravery of the New York City firefighters, or the people at the Pentagon, or the people struggling to get out of the out of the buildings, the two towers in New York. But we can't pass this date without remembering that a better world is possible. We were so close. And we can get back there again. And uh, yeah, it just takes a lot of time, a lot of faith, and we've got to remember the important stuff about freedom and democracy and trying to build a better and more equitable world, which has been the goal of the United States of America and the goal of Western democracy for hundreds of years. Anyway, that was a somber way to start the show. I apologize for that, but um, it's been on my mind all day long, and uh, I it's have part this of my bully
2: fault. I was the one that started it.
1: Oh well, I blame you Brasco. <laughs> I blame Brasco. Well, it's always fun to blame Brasco. but you know, we have this bully pulpit, and I had to get that off my chest. Okay, more interest. More than that. More than that. What else was I going to say about about the date? Um, I forget what I was going to say about the date, but you know what? Facebook. Facebook is trying to make dates irrelevant. This, in fact, if you were to post this podcast at Facebook, you could legitimately say this podcast might self-destruct in one hour, three hours, 30 days, 60 days, 190 days, or never. What do you think about that, Dave? Facebook and their self-destructing uh, status updates? Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> excitement
3: in your voice. Oh well, I mean I I, I think it's I, I'm not a fan of it. Um I think it sort of separates the the the, the site and, and the posts and the comments and stuff from their their original intent. Um but you know, Mary, she'd actually brought up when I was I was commenting um commenting on it a, a good a good point. And we'd just been chatting, um, a couple days prior about Snapchat and it was with, uh, with one of our kids that had brought it up as, as something that they use. Um, mm-hmm. and then when, when the destructive post came up, she actually brought up to me and I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, that certainly my kids, um, and a lot of that generation is moving to things like Snapchat because of the temporary nature of things. Um, and, yeah. and their recognition that, Hey, you know, if it can happen to a celebrity, it can happen to me kind of thing. Like if their privacy can be violated, so can mine, Um, you know, and, and so this may be a reaction to that. Personally, I don't like it. There are a few exceptions where I can go, oh, okay. You know what? That would that would make sense to have, you know, this post talking about a contest, for example, expire the day the contest launches because everything you want to see about that contest shouldn't be the build up and blah blah blah. You might want to take out that there were early entry prizes and stuff and make them invisible as soon as the contest is launching. Let's not distract people. You know, the contest is launching, or you know, Call of Duty launched, or or whatever. You know, if as as a corporation, but. Um, I'm not a a, a huge, huge fan for me personally, Mm -hmm. um, but I do understand in the competitive space they're in that you have to give these sort of options to things like the generation coming in, you know, sort of beneath mine and, and, you know, what my kids are are looking at um, and adding a temporary nature to things isn't necessarily bad. Um, I can actually see a a pretty decent use of, um, for you know, some nice automated filters on your phone um, that would just you know, if it detects hey in a pub one o'clock in the morning, you know, just automatically <laughs> thirty minute you know like de- deletion time to just you know, everything you do right now will just disappear. Um, you know, I could actually see some some functions in here that well, that could maybe help safeguard people against their own stupidity, but
1: there already ought to be an app for that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We're not even letting you. We're just going to show you all the stuff you tried to text and
1: Facebook <laughs> You clear the ones you wanted to. Do not drunk Facebook your ex at the bar at 1 a.m. <laughs> just like, that's, I mean, that's just common sense. And this, is, this weird, kind of weirds me out. You, know, think of, you, know, you say that your kids, they use Snapchat because um, they believe that their posts are, instantly, are deleted um, at a certain time after they're posted, right?
3: Well, I think in, in more in their case is because the, the generation below us is much more educated on what things are and what they aren't, mm-hmm. um, they recognize that they're being held by a third party still, right? Mm-hmm. They, a, a, as they would understand from Facebook, but, and realistically, they're probably right, that third party doesn't care. <laughs> like you know, as long as you know you're not doing something illegal or something like that, if you've just got some stupid fucking image that you can send out, they don't care. Really um, so I, I think in that case it's more a yeah, but it's not I think that's more what they're looking for is what their parents would see, what their friends would see. Um, it's not what does some faceless corporation see that they probably don't care very much about.
1: Okay, because I think that's a really important distinction to make. Because as it turns out, Snapchat doesn't actually delete those posts at all. It might suppress them and not display them anymore, but they are held on a server, and um, I don't believe that they ever get erased. <laughs> um, similarly, with Facebook, I mean, just think about how Facebook works. eh? you like something, you share something, um, it. That that something, that post, that entity weaves its way amongst your network of friends, your network of contacts, and friends of friends, and contacts of contacts. And these things are all weaved together. The um, X number of likes and X number of shares is part of Facebook's algorithm. Yeah. To delete that material, or to not count the interaction around that material, like, doesn't that kind of... break
3: facebook well that's it i mean you you know facebook needs to take this things into into consideration um i mean heck i would take into consideration just the fact that somebody is setting something with a you know expiration time um and recognizing that hey and that also includes a check-in at this location right i mean these things are signals of what their behavior pattern is um, and, you know, I mean, I'm sure all our listeners know, you and I so certainly do, that's going to be something that I can use in targeting advertising. That's just the way of it. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know Facebook needs, well, needs is a strong word, but <laughs> from their context needs to keep this data. It's not like, yeah, it goes away. It just means, you know, your parents can't see it or, you know, your friends can't see it anymore, you know, from from the context of that generation. I can see some good functional uses of it. Uh, from you know our marketing angle of things in letting things um, expire once you you know as you know in the example I mentioned earlier if a contest is coming up or something like that you know it's often irritating and I don't know if you've ever hit it but where I look and it's like oh well if I'd entered you know a day earlier or or let's go with um, you know tickets go on sale and I find out that hey if I just you know you look at their Facebook page and if I would just been there you know, two days earlier I would have got him for a hundred bucks cheaper. Right? But I wasn't. Well, with this with this sort of mechanism in place, you can go okay, and we can delete everything from behind. So this, you know, Dave isn't tormented knowing he could have got it at you know whatever fifty two dollars, and now it's going to cost him eighty one dollars because you're oh, too late. Come right? on, man! You're going to wake up three weeks from now thinking, "Damn, I could have had it at fifty two." <laughs> For weeks, off. I know exactly, you. but with something like this, I wouldn't even have to see it, right? It would just go and it would explode that out of there, and I wouldn't so, need to know. So, from a marketing standpoint, I, I think it, it does have some uses.
1: So, um, I mean, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but the, uh, the, 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 the end of that argument is uh, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, if I didn't know, I could have gotten it cheaper that would be what great fuck you know does. what i i had to renew my my cell phone and i actually quote unquote tried to fix it and, and so it was completely dead um is, is what i'm saying here <laughs> uh, and uh you know it, it just the, the display was buggered and i went down and i i had to renew it had to renew it so i, I got an s5 but i knew and it still bugs me to this day i knew if i'd Done the same thing a month earlier, I was gonna get the Samsung watch for 50 bucks. I didn't have that option now in my renewal process so I don't have a Samsung watch. I don't know that I would ever wear the thing but knowing that I could have had this thing and that I don't bugs me so if they could just explode that from my brain and never have shown it to me <laughs> you know that 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 would be great for me because I wouldn't even know and I, I think in that context we as marketers can do that you should never As a marketer, I never want my visitors to have any negative feeling about their interaction with my product. Um, And I think this will help alleviate that, you know, oh, I wished I had. No, you don't need to wish you had. The only thing you need to know is it's going up even higher in three days. (laughs) That's all you need to know is that the price goes up in three days, not that it was cheaper two days ago.
1: That's a hell of a segue. We have a couple of minutes before we got to go to another break. I wanted to tackle something um, really quickly, and now for some, this might be a huge story, but it's kind of been covered to death in the tech media. But we'd be remiss not to talk about it. iPhone six was released the other day, and just one more thing: they had this watch that you could you know wear on your wrist that uh, you know makes the the uh uh, heads-up display right there on your well not really heads up but uh, the display right there on your wrist that interacts with your phone dude that's like dick tracy stuff would you wear it you know what as
3: ellen degeneres pointed out i mean i think this is a great leap in technology just think of how long we have had to use our phones to tell the time i mean what a great advancement to put that ability onto our (laughs) wrist
1: I know, eh? <laughs> I mean, you know what? You know what's really cool about the, uh, the announcement that uh, Apple had the other day? What's that? As you just pointed out, they introduced time travel to technology. <laughs> For instance, they introduced this phone that takes us back to 2012. <laughs> I saw that, too. Because, see, I'm carrying this Nexus around with me, eh? Which has pretty much all the same features that the iPhone 6 has on it. It's about the same size. Has uh, pretty much the same resolution, although I think mine's still a bit stronger. Um, I can do tap payments with my phone. Been able to for quite a while using Google Wallet. Um, I can I can import different keyboards. I can use whatever widgets I want. Yeah, just like the new iPhone. Since I've been doing it for a couple years now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know
0: what,
3: and I, uh, what is it, I I may get the dates slightly off here, um, but I think it's the um, 17th that the new OS comes out, OS 8 um, launches, and then on the 19th, I believe it is, um, you can actually, in retail stores, purchase the new iPhone, Um And to me, I I think that is just great timing because what's going to happen is on the 17th, everybody's going to be forced to update. Um, On the 17th in the evening, everybody's going to realize that everything beneath um, the the iPhone 5 uh, has just been bricked um and then uh, two days later they'll get the opportunity to buy a new phone so i think the timing is is just great sorry that was a little dig because i had an iphone once and every update they do as soon as they launch a new phone bricks everything that's <laughs> more than a generation old just makes it slow as as all get up and, and and unusable at that point so um that's just my little dig i'm not sorry Ange. Ange over in, in our office here is a is an iphone user and i Constantly I'm digging at her. At anyway, um, you know. Good good luck to them. They uh, welcome to 2012, and uh, good uh, good following Samsung
1: there. And by the way, I mean, uh, don't, don't don't worry about Ange's feelings, as you know, we don't owe her anything. She owes us beers. Does she not? <laughs> that's right. If I remember Ange correctly, owe she owes beers. us. That's right. So you know, sorry about those hard feelings there, like Ange, but like you know. I we'll won't let up you know you... what
3: uh, what finger she has. Uh, they has some yeah, I think she's trying to say Jim's number one, but just <laughs> yeah, make, like make
1: that. <laughs> Okay, and on that, we got to take a break here on Web because we're number one. So says Edge, <laughs> <laughs> friends. You're listening to Web You know what? Before we go, we're not number one anymore. We're experiencing oh. something called the shoe money bump. Shoe Money is back on Webmaster Radio, the Shoe Money show. And because of that, and because he promoted the Webmaster Radio um, uh, uh, mobile phone app, which apparently works on the new Apple phones, Angel will be happy about that. Um, <laughs> um, because because uh, Jeremy went and promoted the, the, the Webmaster Radio app, we got like 20% more listeners. It's called the shoe money effect. So <laughs> anyway, we Jeremy. were number one. We were number one, but uh, now we're not. But anyway, um, because of shoe money, uh, we got twenty percent more listeners right across the network as a whole. So um, that's that's pretty powerful. On that, we got to take a break here on Webcology. It is the eleventh of September, twenty fourteen. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Listen to Webcology and Webmaster Radio.fm, stay tuned, back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break.
2: Oh yeah.
0: My day is done. Time for
2: happy hour. You're already done for the day?
0: Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org.
2: internetmarketingninjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled internet marketing ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. internet marketing ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the internet marketing ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com.
0: BubbleFast burst onto the e-commerce scene as a family-owned shipping supply provider back in 1999. The product line has grown, but Mark and Robin still own and operate BubbleFast as a family business. Being sellers themselves has taught them what online sellers need to safely and affordably deliver their products to their customers. BubbleFast is proud to be an active member of the community of online sellers. Mark and Robin sponsor seller meet-up groups, share shipping tips and tricks through social media, and always love talking to customers and helping solve shipping challenges. Check out the website at BubbleFast.com. Sign up for the Bubble Briefs newsletter to join the Bubble Fast family. Use promo code WMR to get a 5% discount or call Mark and Robin at 877-599-7447. Happy shipping from Mark and Robin at Bubble Fast.
2: Commercials off.
0: Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey, Everyone, welcome back to Web here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is Thursday, the eleventh of September, twenty fourteen. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. And Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, and uh, there's a bunch of directions we could go right now. Did you ever? Did you ever use Google Hangouts? Um,
3: I have. Yeah, not as uh, maybe not as frequently as uh, many others. Certainly not as frequently as Dave Harry. But, and, uh, yes, <laughs> I don't think anybody, I, I don't think Google uses them as much as Dave Avery does, though. So
2: I've been using it quite a bit. Or, oh, or Alaska. Yeah? I've been hosting a, a webcast for uh, on college football for my alma mater for the last three weeks. We moved it from podcast to uh, webcast Why from uh, you, last year, this year.
1: You've been doing that for, like, three <laughs> weeks and you didn't tell us until now?
2: Well, because, you know, I mean, how many people are going to care about Florida Atlantic University football that are, like, around the country, around the world?
1: Yeah, you got a point. Okay, um, moving
2: on. <laughs> but I mean, the Google Hangouts on Air—they keep adding new things on there. That's fantastic. I mean, from you know now being able to immediately down, you know upload to YouTube to the connection between YouTube and Google Plus and
1: I'm afraid that you're kind of cutting out there again, Brasco. Oh, I'm sorry. It's um, just,
2: it's, it, the, it's so easy to put up. It's I mean, the process of just doing it right now is as simple as setting up the Hangout. Record you know, it records by itself and then it uploads to our youtube channel automatically it 's like well, and you and you 've created
1: when you when you when you use hangout and it uploads to your your youtube channel automatically you 've created a spider document mm-hmm. and that 's a very cool innovation on google 's part yeah. um, I use hangouts fairly frequently, oh not nearly as frequently as David Harry and probably not nearly as frequently as, as you are Brasco, but I love them. I really enjoy the hangout format it 's um, it's easy to conduct an interview in a hangout. Um, it's a very intimate space. You feel like you're talking one on one, and um, let's face it, we're talking over the internet. It's 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 uh, much cheaper than long distance. Yeah, oh, yeah. which which confuses <laughs> me about something, and it's kind of this. I don't understand why they're doing this, but one of Google's features, and I go okay, Google has become this multi-faceted machine. It's like the Swiss Army knife of websites, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, Google is like everything. Google Voice is, oh, how, I, 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 do you want to go back with the history lesson on Google Voice, like back to 2005 when they acquired the uh, Manhattan um, Transfer Building, which is now like Google headquarters in Lower Manhattan? That was a one. That was a wonderful acquisition I mean, Anyway, Google got involved in the in the telephone game back in two thousand and five when they acquired basically the Grand Trunk Station on the East Coast, the Manhattan Transfer Building. Um, they created a Google Phone app that not like not like Google telephone, like not not like Google Phone. Uh, the the their uh. Their remote, uh, remote devices, their cell devices, but um, Google Phone was a desktop app where you could make a basically a phone call, much like a Skype call or um, a VoIP call. Again, this is back in two thousand and five. Things were uh, things were barely past the caveman era back then. <laughs> we, we 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 still remembered dial up back in two thousand and five. It's kind of like remembering horse and buggy. Um. So, okay, so Google gets in the telephone game. They offered this phone service. It becomes redundant after a while because services like Skype start up. Um, and, you know, blah, 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 Facebook allowed voice to voice conversation for a while. I mean, like everybody was allowing voice to voice conversation. Google's come along with Hangout. And now, one of the ways they're marketing Hangout is by offering free voice calls to phone numbers in Canada or the United States. No, I think this is. Uh, by the way, I think if you live in, like, say, Uruguay, you can't get a free phone call to Canada or the United States. You got to live inside Canada or the United States to get the free phone call. Yeah. Um, although it'd be nice if we could get calls from Uruguay because it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> do you have a Do you have a landline, Dave?
3: Uh, I do. You do yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. You know, you're in a minority now.
3: It's it's what uh, it's what collects phone messages that get checked once every week or something. <laughs> but and uh, that's, got... that's about what it gets used for. Is you know what? It's like having a hotmail email address for me. It's like it's that thing I give out when like you need to give out a phone number for something, but you don't want it to inconvenience you when you're doing other things.
1: Well, and you got two teenage boys too, and the the message machine gets checked once a week. Yeah, they have the right. I was about to say, I take it that their that girlfriends, uh, that their that friends don't use, uh, use your landline. No. No. It's all phones or Skype. Okay, well, I'm still really confused why Google Hangout needs to offer free voice calls to numbers in the United States and Canada. Like, um, don't they already sort of accomplish that by offering their google service? You know what i'm what i 'm
3: thinking the The only thing I can guess that this is in a move to do, and if it is, I, I think you know probably a, a good way to do it. Um, a trap that I find myself in and i 'm sure you do too, is that we all kind of assume that people like us are are common right that, that we are the the majority uh, and the fact is like being at this the age that you and I are at in the industry we 're at we 're at the Generally, upper end, most of the people we're interacting with are same age or younger, like same grouping of of age or or younger than us. Um, So we're already dealing with people who are amply familiar with Skype, amply familiar with Google Hangouts, amply familiar. However, there's this massive population (laughs) of people that aren't, um, that haven't even looked, aren't really overly familiar with it, don't know why they'd use it because their phone works just fine. If you could now introduce it to me as, "Hey, I'm on on you know Hangout and I'm making these phone calls, um, you know, to to regular numbers um, through this system," you're now getting basically really really low cost marketing ability of the Hangout convenience and technology to a targeted group of people. Who clearly, don't have it. Otherwise, you'd just be doing a Hangout. So it's it's actually in, in my. In my, if I'm right in, in why I'm guessing they're doing it. It's actually not a not a bad way to get some targeted marketing of your product to people who obviously aren't already using it.
1: No, oh, actually, you know, agreed. Absolutely agreed. So my dad and my, uh, my mom, my dad, my sister, and I are sitting around. Uh, we, went out, we, go, we went out for supper a few weeks ago, okay? Sitting yeah. around the table, and my dad, a retired salesperson, is like, no, you've got to do it by phone. You've got to make that phone call. you got know, to get them on the phone, and that's the way you do it. And my sister and I are trying to explain to him, well, Dad, actually, cornering somebody on the phone is kind of insulting. Nobody wanna, I, I, I don't want to be cornered on the telephone. It drives me crazy when people call me. Yeah, no, it annoys me. Um, <laughs> you, send, uh, you send a text. You send an email. That way the person can respond at their leisure, and it shows that you respect their time. Yeah. You get that, right? You, you I get that.
3: completely get that. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on, no, I mean that's that's the clear. And you know what? Some of the best and the ones that I'll I'll generally end up talking to on the phone um, are emails that start with you know something along the lines of I know you're busy, you know here's the time frame that you know I, I need to set aside. Here's the information you need to decide whether you even want to pick up the phone. Um, you know, and and you know sort of outlining everything for me and then letting me pick if I want to talk and then letting me. Pick a time that I want to talk, um, you know, maybe send a calendar with here's my available blocks, you know, and it's like, yeah, let me deal with this at my leisure uh, because you're trying to sell me something. And so, you know, and, and those those are the ones that I respond best to. Um, and I, I'm sure from the sounds of it, Jim, I, I it sounds like we're on the same page. And I'm sure we're not alone in that where if you just call me out of the blue, I might even half listen to you while I'm working on the thing that I'm working on.
1: Well, that's the other thing, too, if I call you out of the blue, I'm telling you, stop working, stop your trail of thought, and listen to me now. Right. And that's not, you know, I mean, like, well, I'm kind of th- come to think of it, I like the sound of that, but it's not very polite. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, I'm, I'm
3: not likely to anyway. I mean, uh, quite honestly, I wouldn't even take the call, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know but if i did if i if i was the person who picked up the phone i mean well the thing is and and you do if i'm in the middle of working on a website or something no i am not taking calls i don't care sure. who you are i'm billing a client for my time i don't care who you are i you know i mean i've shut down facebook i've shut down my email clients i'm billing a client this is what I'm doing right now. So no, I'm not taking a call. Um, but, you know, if I, if I had picked up the phone, you know, for, for whatever reason, I was the only one in the office or whatnot, um, and, and had picked it up, you know, still, no, I, I need, I got a job to do. And if you're going to babble on, well, no, don't babble on. But, you know, if you were, chances are I'm working on something else anyway, even if I decided to listen, which wouldn't happen anyway. But even if I would, if I wanted to pretend to be polite, um you know i I'd be working on something else and not listening anyway, right so let yeah I think we're totally seeing eye to eye here is you need to in this modern age, you need to give people the ability to at least choose when that's going to happen
1: yeah so see Google, there you go there's like two or three minutes of you know fairly good marketing advice from a couple <laughs> of you know fairly experienced marketers. All we ask is um, sponsorship on Webmaster Radio anywhere except the Shoe Money Show. (laughs) Because, you know, that guy's going to get a big head really soon, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Oh, geez. 15,000 bad links being reported by Webmaster Tools suddenly? I don't know how the heck that happened. Um that sounds a lot funnier in my head. Eh? <laughs> Where are we going next? Uh, we got about. Well, I'm going to say about five minutes before we have to take another break here. Um, check Andrew Goodman's post in uh, or Andrew Goodman's article in the SEM post this week. He did yeah. two of them actually. Um, looking at the economic viability of live digital conferences.
3: I I haven't actually had, you know what, you you sent it right before, I was distracted reading other
1: posts while we were on break, so I haven't had a chance to read it. Um, It's it's a good piece, I think it's way worth the read, way, way worth the read. Do you want, tell you what, do you want to discuss this one after we come back from break, give you a chance to read through it, and go somewhere else, or, um? Yeah, sure, that'd be, uh,
3: yeah, because I'm interested to read it, so that'll be perfect, and it looks like it's not a, yeah, it's not an extended one, I'll be able to read it in a couple minutes, and, uh.
1: Yeah, okay. perfect. Okay, well, we still got a couple minutes. What Have you gotten a notice from Google saying uh, you might want to change your Gmail passwords?
3: <laughs> I have not. Um, but it's probably
1: good advice to heed. <laughs> I've heard different numbers. I've heard as low as 100,000 and as high as 5 million Google passwords were somehow hacked and are being passed around Russian websites like, like a doobie. Um, well, like maybe 5 million doobies. Um, that's kind of. There's a website that you can go and check to see if your email is on this list. But um, I mean, that's pretty heavy. Uh, <laughs> hundred um four point nine three million Google usernames and passwords have been dumped onto a Russian language Bitcoin security forum. That's how it worked. Less than two percent of them are actually working. That's where the hundred thousand number comes from. But it was it was actually four point nine three million Google name usernames and passwords. Again, of which only a hundred thousand or so are uh, are uh, uh, are actually working. Right, which is bad enough, um, and
3: good good for them. You know, it's funny when I when I found out there was a site, and of course I went there and I. I you wanted to scope it out and and see what it was. Um, I had heard about it before I had seen it from a really reliable source. Now, fortunately, I trust my own brain to figure out what data is okay to give out and what data isn't, but I was half expecting when I got there to be, is my email leaked just enter your username and password and we'll check for you
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it wasn't they, they are just checking with uh, you know your, your email address itself so you just enter it in and uh, yeah it's just isleaked.com for anybody who wants to like rush over there um, and check and yeah you just enter your uh, your gmail account and they'll tell you if it's one of the ones in the list
1: God, What uh, a cynical uh, age we live in because that was my first thought too I went over <laughs> and I was thinking you know what if they're asking for a password I'm recording the URL and getting out of here Um, what a cynical age we live in, huh?
3: It kind of is. But, you know, at the same time, it's not like, hey, that's an unearned cynicism. Um, and B, we're talking about hacked usernames and passwords that were probably from something just like what I was expecting to see, right? I I don't think it was a hack of Google systems here in this case. Otherwise it would be far larger and there wouldn't be this large segment that weren't right, right? I mean, not that many people are changing their, their usernames and passwords every day or two, right? And then it was a very, very brief window there. So, um, you know, it was probably from something like this. And now, you know, hey, lesson taught, folks. Don't enter your username. Check the URL you're at when you're entering your username and password and, uh, and make sure
1: it actually is a Google or Google property. Absolutely. Um, it's easy to get caught in a phishing expedition. Um, it's, uh, you see them on Facebook all of the time. Um, Spell so you don't you me crazy on Facebook. Eh? You see the the posts that are like name a city without the letter that doesn't have the letter A in it. Yeah. Um, click on that name your city. Uh, click on the thing itself, and you might get to a page where it actually asks you for to enter your email, and takes you to other pages that may you know potentially ask you to give identifying information, and that stuff drives me crazy because a lot of people go for that.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I know. And and you can do, I mean, uh, take it from, and, and Jim, you, uh, you'll you already know this, but folks, if you don't know, take it from somebody who did some affiliate marketing in the in the past, and I'm not blaming affiliates here. This has nothing to do with them, but it's very, very easy to copy the look of a website. <laughs> it's, it's very, very easy. So just because it looks like Google or YouTube or Gmail does not mean it necessarily is. Take a moment, look at what it is um you know make sure you are actually where that third redirect
1: told you you were going there you, um there you go <laughs> i'm sorry i just got uh, as you, you uh, as as you know i'm i'm heavily involved in the toronto mayoral election eh yeah um rob ford is the current mayor of toronto and i'd say this with zero glee whatsoever um Yesterday, he was, uh, because, because I'm involved in the campaign, I get like instant news updates on a uh, RSS ticker that I got running across the bottom of my screen. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, uh, Mayor Ford was diagnosed with a uh, tumor in his lower left abdomen. Mm-hmm. He was kept in the hospital overnight um, and transferred to Toronto's most significant cancer hospital uh, moments ago. That's what just stopped me short. When uh, when, uh... when, when, we were speaking, so I apologize for that interruption, but, uh, people out there who are interested in Ford, and that means pretty much everybody in the world, um... I do not wish cancer on my worst enemy, and Rob Ford is emblematic of my worst enemy. Um... So, yeah, best wishes for a, um, speedy recovery in all aspects of your life. Please get the hell out of politics. Um... But best uh, best wishes to the Ford family. Um, I do hope that he gets through this. Stunning. I'm sorry. I apologize again. This RSS thing came across the bottom of my screen and just completely threw my thoughts.
3: No, that's that's totally fine. I I totally know where you're coming from. Where it's like, you know what? I I don't like you, and I I find you reprehensible. But, well, but you yeah, know, I'm nice. I, I, I I'm still, yeah. I'm a human being, so I'm not going to take glee in 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 your misfortune. Um, what? Uh, what I suppose I will hope for for him is a, a speedy recovery. That's, you know, of course you're going to hope for that. Um, but at the same time, Hey, this is like a, a nice, um, moment and, an excuse for you to wit wall saving face exit. Um, and I think that was probably when he's a, he's a, a an overly proud man, um, shouldn't be, but is, um, and so, you know, maybe this is is that moment that that will allow him to exit from politics without it being related to you know cracker or, or you know stupidity of of comments or whatnot, and actually just be able to exit out for health reasons—a a perfectly um, you know noble reason to to exit anything um, and 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 get out and and leave leave the way for people who are fit to
1: to govern. Yep. Thank you. I'm glad I didn't have to say that. Um, okay, on that, we got to take a break. It's quarter to the hour on the 11th of September, 2014. You're listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Dave Davies at Beanstalk SEO and Jim Hedger, Digital Always Media. We're coming back to talk about the viability of the economics of large scale live conferences after these messages
0: Building better
2: search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. You must see that Twitter link I just sent you there. Oh, God! The clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Commercials off.
0: Now back to WebCology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Dee.
1: Hey, everyone, welcome back to Web College here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the eleventh of September, two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes I love radio. I Dave, I love radio, but sometimes we just can't. Uh, I'm looking at this hilarious image that was published in the uh, Guardian, the, uh, the 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 Guardian today guardian.co.uk, about the uh, diagram of a tiny London apartment where a man is swinging a cartoon cat, and apparently there's some outrage in in England over this graphic that was used in The Guardian today, and we can't show it to you because we're on radio. I assure you, though, it is quite funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! Um, So, about them conferences...
3: Yes, enough about swinging cats. Um, although, you know what, on the exhibit floor of these conferences, plenty of room to swing many cats these days.
1: And not um, as being cats as it used to be. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, I, I have had a chance to go through it. Thanks, for uh, thanks, Parasco, for the break there, and thanks to our advertisers for filling the space so that our listeners didn't just have to listen to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we like it that way. Um so um yeah, I mean I, I well where where do you want to start here? I mean I I think there's the analysis of both types of conferences, and then there's just the uh life and death of uh, of them.
1: Yeah, well okay, first off, it's by Andrew Goodman. So put some time aside to read it. Andrew is a big thought thinker. Um Andrew cou- Andrew couches his uh terms. In the uh, language of economics, um, he if he can uh, spend a dollar on a word rather than spending a quarter, he's going to spend a buck on the word. That's the kind of guy Andrew is. Um, he's right. a brilliant man. Um, when they talk about thought leaders in the industry, there's thought leaders, and then there's Andrew, who's sort of in this room on his own because he's a very, very, very smart guy. Um so, again, block some time aside. Uh, you you sped read through this, right? Yeah, I sure did.
3: Fortunately, it got a little background. We've covered some of that background on the show, so it was easier to sort of go, okay, I know this paragraph of
1: information. So, <laughs> And then let's face it, we've lived the background. Yeah. Um, friends, there was a time, a decade ago, even, and, and even sooner, back in a time when such things were possible, when conferences were making a heck of a lot of money. There was... Um, a small conference would be 3,000 people. Yeah. Today, 3,000 is a very large conference. That would be a small one by the standards that, that we grew up in. Um, back in the day, when, when <laughs> Yahoo and Google were kicking down the cash. Um, yeah. That's pretty much what did it, yeah. And well it's one of the things that did it. Another thing that did it was the um the, the, the recession of two thousand and eight. That was actually that was the turning point. Two thousand and eight was the year of the last grand conferences, about five years ago. And after that the economy sort of went like south real quick. And um so did the so did the spend on conferences. The large scale sponsors started backing off. Google started throwing less visible money into the conferences because it showed fairly bad uh, optics to be spending a million dollars on a party when people were starving. Um, And uh, the conferences have had a difficult time making up that sponsorship spend, the the spend by advertisers. At the same time, um, businesses have been suffering over the last five years. Yes, I mean, all of us have taken a hit in one way or another, and most of us are smaller practitioners or or people who work with their own agencies. The larger businesses took, you know, a relatively proportional hit, and if we took a hit, you can imagine what it looked like on their books. So they stopped uh, being vendors at the conferences, and the the conferences of the type of say SMX or SEX slash ClickZ. These, you made it, you were made or broken on the trade show floor. That's where you made your money. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, attendance costs, attendance fees were quite high, sometimes $2,500 or more. But you really made your money from the vendors on the trade show floor. And I remember, you remember the time, Dave, when like were, were you ever at an SES New York? Yeah. Back in the day? Yeah. When it was they at were... the Hilton, Midtown Hilton? Huge. And they were the trade show floor covered two buildings, one of which was three stories, the other of which was two stories. So we're talking five floors of trade show. And that was tens, profit. Oh, tens of millions of dollars of profit. Yeah. Really, I'm not making this number up. They were giving away... T- I remember the last SES I went to that was held at the Hilton in New York when it had all those booths, two different booths were giving away cars as prizes. That's so right. it Suffice to say, there was money happening in the industry back then. I mean, what, I mean one of these things was like a, a lead gen company too. Like, seriously, there was money being made back then and money being spent back then. Now, not so much. Um, there's been uh, a great maturing in the industry. Um, I think social media has uh, made communicating so much faster and simpler. And... Let's face it, spending 10000 or more to go to and put up a booth and whatever at a conference, that's off of people's marketing budgets now, eh?
3: Well, it is. And then there's, you know, I mean, of course, the, the other angle where you need an audience to market to. Um, and, you know, in, in some ways, and this is just, uh, you know, I, I after reading it, first thought, haven't looked into it uh, too much, is we're a metrics-driven industry. That's that's our perk, right? We... we We can show clients Mm -hmm. metrics to back what our value is. For the most, I mean, you know, there's there's always parts you can't, but um, you know, you you can you can show real metrics. Uh, And when you've got things like online training, when you've got things like great forums, when you've got things like you know, pro con whichever one you like, Moz or, or whatnot, where you can get you know, training, I'm seeing Bruce Clay popping up all over the place on Facebook with some sponsored ads right now. But Mm -hmm. when, when your boss is seeing those same ads for some training online for a year for, you know, whatever X dollars, like a 500 or a thousand, I I don't know the prices of these things I haven't looked into them, but, um, you know, how do you now justify plane tickets, hotel costs, thousands of dollars for a ticket, you know, how do you, you know, meals and expenses and, and all that. And then, you know, plus the boss knows, you know, okay, you're probably going to be out till 2 a.m. drinking. And then, you know, you're going to be, you know, okay, now back and, and maybe miss the first session. How do you justify all this stuff when there's this other way that there's metrics for? The same thing we keep pushing is the perk. <laughs> and then you got this. So, I think attendance is, is going to suffer.
1: Um, but. You know, but then, But then you see a show like Mozcon, yeah, which you know, might not have been the size of, say, those spectacular SESs or pubcons or ad techs of the past, but was a damn good showing for a yeah. regional show put on by a gargantuan, but still one company, uh, maybe yeah. a gargantuan company in its space in our space. Um, so, but, 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 so shows like that are possible not only possible, but highly successful. Oh, for I'm sure. Lo- oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm wondering if it's, uh, what the difference between a more uh, a show with a number of different practitioners from, you know, various companies, like SES or SMX was, and a MozCon, where everyone's from the same group.
3: You know, I mean, here, to me, anyway, and and, and this is just, just my opinion, if I had to pick one to go to to gain information from, just... Pure not knowing the company. So I'm not speaking for uh, or against Moz, not speaking for or against, say, let's go SMX because the article covers SES more. Uh, You know, which one would I go to to gain information? You would know pretty well going to MozCon, they do tools. That's, That's their thing. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be pitched on this SEO. This isn't a lead-up to hire these services. You're going to MozCon, so you have probably already got the tool set. You know what you're going to get is just information and education See? for the most part and new ways to use their tool set.
1: Is so about so it. you would choose MozCon?
3: I would probably choose MozCon at huh. this level yeah. when I'm at this stage of, of, of education. And I think you know probably most of our listeners are too. I think the future is going to be these smaller, more specific conferences that aren't about pitches, but they're about actually giving information, I think, to the article, the attendee-led conferences, where our job is actually to educate, not pitch.
1: Hi, right. You know what? I think you're exactly right. And uh, I'm afraid we can't go on about it, <laughs> as right as you are. Um, quick, hey, Ange, is, uh, is Dave right? Oh, Ange, am I right? We've we've got a bit of a delay,
3: but I'm sure I'm sure she would say we're number one, Jim.
1: <laughs> well, all goats to Ange, all goats to Ange. Yeah, there's oh, about
3: a uh, twenty to thirty second delay, so which is funny because I can be talking with you and doing a show, and then I'll hear like chuckles about thirty seconds after we've talked about something. So. Does that
1: ever throw your rhythm? No, oh, okay. I'm used to it now. That, there we that, go. Look, there's that, that music. Okay, <laughs> friends. That's the background music. That means we gotta go. We got through a whole other hour. You've been listening to WebCology here on WebmasterRadio.fm on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. This is Jim Hedger from Web <laughs> from Digital Always Media. Uh, thanks to uh, Frank the Tank and Brasco for producing and keeping the show together. Friends, stay tuned to WebmasterRadio.fm. Amazing content coming up after the news. We'll talk to you next week.